Hey guys. It's just a fight. Hey, what's going on, guys? Here at the Swamp, get ready to beat LSU. Y'all tune in to Rule Number One podcast on Monday. Yeah, and we're back, episode twelve, partner. Yeah, man, we uh, we hit a thousand plays this week, so thank you all so much. We're super excited, growing, and uh, kind of getting the hang of this thing. Absolutely, you said our next milestone, very, very high. Oh yeah, hundred thousand plays. We'll get there one day. Yeah. Um, just got to stay consistent, keep putting on good content. You guys, Absolutely. you'll get there sooner or later, though. Trust me, you guys get there soon. <laughs> Speaking we of love which, it. ladies and gentlemen, our guest star tonight is Mr. Jacob. Cooper, a sales executive at Avscott Air Jets. Avsky Jets. Jets. Okay. In okay. There you go. Pretty close. You got yeah, it. Okay. Ooh. I was I was practicing before the show. I want to have I would have my boss watch this. They watch the first thirty seconds and watch Bradley. <laughs> hey, if Avscott wants to throw a, a you know sponsor on the show here, I don't know how many of our viewers are in the market for a private jet, but you have a hookup right here on the it's, Roll One Podcast. It's the weirdest name when I talk to clients. I'll say, you know, hey, you know, my name's Jacob Cooper with Av Sky Jets. They're like, who? Sky Jets? No, Av Sky Jets. Everyone does it, dude. I get it. It's, well, it's Av tough. for aviation. Aviation yeah. and Sky. Yeah, yeah. That's but, awesome. Well, hey, yeah. Appreciate you guys having me here. Beautiful oh, studio. We, it's I'm, awesome. I'm stoked. We've uh, You've been one of our marquee guys that we've, you know, wanted to have on here. You're a good buddy of ours. It's been, you know... We've known you now for three or four years, and we've seen you grow. We've seen you get into this, you know, field that is very exclusive. I don't know anybody, and I know a lot of people that that nobody sells private jets. Like, it's one of, like, I don't know how... I don't know very many people that are actually going to buy one either. Yeah. So that's, you yeah. get to meet a lot of cool people. The crazy thing is, <clears throat> people ask me, like, man, how many people out there actually own a private jet? And it's unbelievable how many people actually own a private jet just here in the United States. You know, I have a software we use where I can see people that own a private jet in Europe, Spain, um, other countries, you know, Brazil and stuff. Like, it's unbelievable from little piston turbine planes to the beautiful private jets that you see, like Wolf on Wall Street type jets, you know. It's crazy. Like, I didn't think it was a big market, but it's a really big market. It's really nuts. You know... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, before we dive into that, I uh, I was about to bring it up forget, too. Um, before we dive into the whole um, aviation and selling jets and everything, man, what's your number one rule you live by? So my number one rule has been for the since I was young, my parents always taught me is hard work, mm. work, work your butt off. Now I I also have a little another one. Also, it's have faith too. Faith is the biggest key in life, especially these days as well. But hard work, have faith. Um, if you do those two things you're going to be well off. There's nothing. I mean, if you work your butt off, like you guys starting this podcast, have some people on work your butt off for it, work your way up. You know, mm-hmm. you, you guys, <clears throat> there's endless opportunities. You guys will be okay. You know, it's just, it's just work as hard as you can day in, day out and just see what the outcomes are. Right. Yeah. It's the American dream. Right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I appreciate that. Those are really kind words. You know, I kind of, I've kind of gotten a sense of that from all of our you know, viewers, whether it be family or people, you know, I've never even met before. I've reached out and said, hey, we listen to your podcast. We love it. We love what you're doing. Um, there is one question that I get asked all the time. And I'm sure you get asked it too. Our social medias. Mm-hmm. It's rule one podcast. The word rule, the number one, and the word podcast. We're on YouTube. Like and subscribe. It helps us out. It'll get Jacob's message out and his story out. Um, get our podcast out there and on Instagram, follow boost us in the algorithms or really help us out. Get this thing going some more. Yeah. And I mean, you'll see different clips from, you know, the interviews that we do. Um, and then, you know, side things that Brian and I are doing in our own time or whatever, editing videos and stuff like that. So you kind of get to see the whole side of things and aspect of it. Absolutely. Yeah. You guys have legit equipment. These guys, these guys have legit equipment. They're the real deal. I mean, <laughs> this thing is heavy. I can't feel my leg right now. <laughs> it's going asleep. I'm about to switch off and on throughout the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we're borrowing uh, one of our good friends of ours, uh, road equipment and yep. fantastic equipment works great. Brian does all the editing, so it really uh, puts out a clear audio. The road soundboard here makes it very easy. It's super clear. Yeah. It's unreal. It's really nice. Really nice. But I just want to say, you know, I know you guys ask all the questions and everything, (laughs) but this piece right here behind me, (laughs) this thing right here, I I walked in, I said, what in the world is this bad boy? I was like, Smothers, is this a gun safe? He goes, no, this was actually a safe at an old Bartow bank, right? Yeah. Because I seen it in the podcast. I'm like, 
doggone that thing looks big. <laughs> and I opened it and my I got a bicep curl. I'm like, this thing's heavy as heck. Dude, yeah. where, where'd you get this thing? So funny story, the safe, it's from uh, the late 1800s. Um, and uh, it was pretty much in Bartow, which for those of y'all don't know what Bartow is, it's the capital of Polk County. Um, so, you know, that's where all the courthouse and everything is. Um, and it's been around for forever. Um, and so one of these banks had it in there. Um, they sold the bank and an insurance company moved in and they obviously left the safe in there. Mm-hmm. The thing's like, seems like five, 6,000 pounds. Easily. And, uh, Easily. and so... Um, Good buddy of mine, whatever, told me, he was like, hey, you know, we got this safe. We will give it to you. All you have to do is pay a company to, like, move it. And so it was like $400 to move it here. So I got this, like, antique piece of uh, a safe or whatever, and it's painted right now. But if it wasn't painted, I'm going to try to get paint remover. It's gold flaked on the outside. So whenever the sun hits it, it'll, like, shimmer. It's super oh, cool. Oh, stop it. Oh, Man, no sure. way. You can see it on the inside. The inside, well, there's another door. I, I, have, a, I have a funniest <laughs> story about this thing, too. You stubbed your toe on it or well, something. We didn't really mean for it to be a part uh-huh. of the set here. Yeah. Uh, when they moved it in, it actually didn't face that direction. It faced the way the couch is sitting here. Uh-huh. And some others called us over one night and was like, hey, we need you to, I need you and a couple of guys to come over here and help me move this safe. That thing didn't budge. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, yeah. I could only imagine. Yeah. Just the door itself. We, oh, had, it's three, we had three Bigger dudes, former college athletes trying to move this thing. We were slipping, sliding, nothing. Nothing. Oh, I bet. Well, if you open the doors, the doors itself are like eight inches of steel. Like, it is stout. Yes. What would you say? Five, six thousand pounds, you think? Maybe, yeah, maybe more. Yeah. Woosley could curl that thing. <laughs> he could get over here and curl that thing. Woosley, get your butt over here and just curl this thing out of here. Well, you'll be okay. Yeah, he's referring to our yeah. uh, first guest, Trey Woosley. <laughs> Trey Woosley. One. Oh, man. You know, Jake... We mentioned it earlier. It's a really exclusive field to get into. Um, you are a Warner grad. Yep. Um, you had a pretty big role on campus. I'm sure we'll uh-huh. get into what you did there a lot. Um, how? Tell us, like, take us through your journey of going from Inglewood, Florida, to here in Lake Wales, where yeah. we, you know, record in Central Florida around Bartow, and going back and finding this job. Yeah, so I came to Warner as a freshman um, originally. Uh, I graduated from Lemon Bay High School down in Inglewood, Florida, looking for kind of like, okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to go to college? You know, am I just going to work uh, at a high school? See, Just kind of playing my options out, and I played golf originally. I came to Warner on a golf scholarship. I'm a much better golfer <laughs> than baseball player. Uh, but then they cut the golf program my freshman year, and then I – Went and played baseball for the rest of the three years at Warner. Um, graduated. And at the time there, that's when I was I was with the communications department for a little bit. Then, you know, my dad has been an entrepreneur his whole life. I've seen it. You know, he's owned from jewelry stores to restaurants, selling them all, making money, investing in uh, different businesses and stuff. He's just an entrepreneur. So I've seen business my whole life. I've worked with them. So then I got in a business business department at Warner and got a business degree um, because I thought, you know, I like it, might as well. And I was graduating. I said, you know, I just don't, you know, I don't know really what I want to do right now, you know? And so, and I think that's the biggest thing too, is a lot of these kids graduate now and they're like, I got to have my life figured out right now. And it's like, listen, no, you don't. You're 21 years old. I mean, Unless you're I'm trying to think who, unless you're Wilson, who's 28, got graduated. <laughs> <laughs> Good buddy of ours. <laughs> um, but it doesn't, you know, if you're 21 years old, 22, and you get out there, Will Farrell said it best. He, um, he graduated college. I think he went out to UCLA, mm-hmm. graduated. He didn't know what he was going to do. Lived on his mom and dad's couch for like a couple years, then got on SNL, Saturday Night Live, and started. He, you know, he tried out, made it, and then really started making it big. He didn't make it big till he was in his 30s, yeah. right? And the thing is, too, with all these guys that I sell jets with, all these clients and stuff, they're not 23 years old. They're not 24 years old. They're in their late 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. Some guys who are so old they can't fly anymore, they have to have a pilot fly for them now. But it took time for them to make it. And they all tell me, you know, Coop, I didn't know what I was going to do when I was your age. You know, I, I didn't have my life figured out. No one does. No one has their life figured out when they're 50 years old. And if they say they do, 
slap them in the mouth. They're lying. <laughs> There's just no way they have their life figured out. This this game called life, it's tough, right? Yeah. It's Very. just when I say, that's why I say my number one rule is hard work. Whatever you're doing, get out there, balls to the walls, bust your ass, and do it, right? Whether it's stocking shelves, selling jets, selling cars, whatever it is, get out there, bust your butt off, and do it. So, Sorry, I got off uh, pace. No, there a you're good. Bit, but um, I love it. You're got like, all fired up. I feel but like I'm at a halftime speech it, right hey, now. It's getting... it's the bruise, you know. <laughs> I just got off the golf course, you know, played with my old coaches. So I was like, hey, I'm swinging over after this. So feel I'm fired up right yeah. now. Okay, <laughs> we 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 shot well, so I'm feeling good. Um, <laughs> So anyways, I graduated, didn't know what I was going to do. I came back to Warner, worked for the SID department for a little bit, and I actually went back to Inglewood one weekend um, for a softball tournament, and I played in a softball tournament. One of the guys there, uh, who is my vice president of the company now, you know, I was talking to him, and I said, well, what do you do for a living? He goes, well, I sell private jets. I said, well, hot damn. How'd you get into that? And he goes, well, my buddy who owns the company, I went to high school with him. So, you know, it was kind of an end and stuff. So we guys hire and he goes, not right now. You know, we, we hired a few people maybe down the road. And I said, and this was December of 20, uh, 2021. We're in 2022. Yeah. So December of 2021, not right now. So I said, okay, uh, came back here to Warner and then I went back for another weekend, met him at a bar again, drinking the sandbar in Inglewood. Yeah. yeah. So down there at the sandbar and drinking, I saw him and this is where like, persistence, you know, is key. Um, and also another thing too, is just talking to people. Yes. Talking to people. You could get out there and just, if you're in line with someone at a grocery store, just talk to them. Like I was at Dunkin' Donuts this morning and lady next to me who worked at, was working at Walmart and you know, she had a Walmart tag. I'm like, you know, they got you working hard or what are they doing? You know, you're on break or something, you know? Oh, you know, they got me on break. I'm like, they do that around here. You know, just being nice to everyone because it's just tough to find nowadays. But talking to people, you know, communicating, networking. And that's how I got this job. So I was persistent. I saw him at a bar again and I looked at him. I said, Ryan, are you guys hiring? And he goes, I I said, you know, you said wait a couple months. It's been a couple months. Because I don't know. I'd have to talk to Tyler. I'm like, well, do you, would you like to, you know, expand production, make more money as a company? Yeah. well, of course. So we need to hire me then because I will, I will bust my balls to be with your company. And you, I don't know anything about Jess, but just teach me it, you know, and I will shoot for the stars and see what happens. And I didn't know this, but he told me down the road, he called my boss that night after the bar. He said, we got, I got, I got a kid for you. And, and I went for an interview two days later. Uh, Tyler's my boss over at Sky Jets and he liked me and he said, yeah, you're hired. So, um, I got hired and then I ended up leaving Warner and I moved back to Inglewood and started working for them, not knowing anything about jets, but just kind of knowing, you know, selling jets, I could probably do well for myself and provide for myself, you know, which is the biggest thing, uh, provide for myself, my family. Um, you know, at someday I'll have kids, my wife, um, you know, provide for my girlfriend now, Allie. Um, you know, so I said, this is a good opportunity it was a risk because I didn't know anything. I, re- I didn't know nothing about aviation. Not shit. I don't know nothing. <laughs> nothing. But the biggest thing I think I learned was confidence. Yeah. Confidence, which, I mean, I, I've, al- I've always had confidence and stuff. That's key. All it was, though, and what we do is every day is cold call every day. And I didn't know anything about jets at the beginning, but I had confidence. And my boss is like, the first couple of weeks, he's like, I've never seen anyone not know anything about jets, but I would buy from you. Like, you just have confidence. And that's what it is. If you get out there, you have mm-hmm. confidence, you work hard, it's in, you, the, the, the opportunities are endless. I, I think it's a mixture of both. Yeah. So you brought up, I'm glad you brought it up, the way to just talk to people, man. Talk to people. I, you know, I work in a retail store, uh-huh. um, my nine to five job and i have a real is it Publix? no 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 oh, at the sorry. the twisted tides headquarters oh you yeah, said yeah, that yeah, yeah. you said that okay um, okay and it's it's a real bother what? some when we have high school kids that come in you know to shop and or pick up orders and they don't talk mm-hmm. the whole time they'll be in groups there'll be three or four of them that are friends and they won't talk to each other they, there's no social you know there's no bonding there's no, they're just Walking around the store on their phone, looking down. Oh, don't get me started. Yeah, I had. A, don't get me started. I had a girl that. come in the other day. <laughs> don't who get me was, started on that. I think she was eighteen. She had to be around eighteen years old, seventeen, eighteen year old. About uh, about the age where you start having to make you know your social connections, working your way yeah. through the world. And she was collecting money for a FFA barbecue. 
from the business because we bought some lunches and they were doing whatever, the sponsorship thing. And she walked up to me and I didn't know what she was there for. And she just put her hand out. Didn't say a word, put her hand out and said, money, that's it. That's it, money. And I was like, excuse me? She's like, FFA barbecue money? And that was it. That was the extent of the conversation. That was it. <laughs> nice sales pitch. Yeah. Nice sales pitch. And I'm like, how are we supposed to, you know, keep bettering ourselves as people yeah. together? As a society. As a community? Yes. If we're getting to the point where you can't even have yeah. a conversation I'll let, I'll let some on the screen. Let, yeah. Well, well, as you know, everybody nowadays, I feel like also with like relationships or whatever, people are so like, focused on saying stuff through their phones like text message that they won't even say in person and so like you see it all over social media and they're like oh that guy's a jerk whatever yada 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 and we'll say these things over the internet knowing dang well they're not gonna say it in person either Mm -hmm. and it's like i feel like that's such a problem nowadays everybody's got their nose in their phones and don't even know how to communicate to people yeah Yeah. well and (sighs) i'm sorry (laughs) this thing right here yeah Listen, I make my bread and butter. This is how I make money. This is the worst thing ever invented for society. It has ruined society. This thing, I'm sorry, it has. They did a study recently. I was listening to a podcast. They did a study for kids. Kids now that are six years old, four years old, have a doggone phone. Yeah, man. A smartphone. Yeah. And they were saying kids now, not even including school, when they're on their laptops at school, working at school, Tablets. not including school, they are on their phone 10 hours a day. Well, 10 hours a day. Well, when you That's go great. out in public nowadays, and I'm sorry, we're going down this rabbit hole, but it's, it's important. We, yeah, it's, it's a good an one. issue that needs to be addressed. And I've, when you go out in public, man, you see families, you see these kids, like, what, what do they have in their hands? Uh-huh. Yeah. All nine times out of ten nowadays, it's a tablet, man. Yeah. Like, there's no social development there. There's no, you know, when I was a kid, I would get a drug around with my parents to events, and I didn't have a phone. I didn't have nothing like that. It was be social, it was talk to adults, run around, meet other kids, yeah. meet new friends. You were living life as as it was intended. Yes. You know, you're living life as like everyone had lived life 100, 200, 300 years ago. No one has ever, the technology advancement nowadays is the most advanced we've ever seen before, right? Mm-hmm. 20 years ago, 30 years ago, if you told your parents, hey, we're going to have, a, we're gonna have a, uh, a camera, a phone, social media, all in one device. They'd be like, first off, what the hell is social media? Second off, a camera, and also I can, I can put notes in there, yeah. you know, I, I, my credit card's on there? Yeah. You're crazy, right? There's just no way. And it, it happens, right? And these, like you said, these kids are just always on their phones. And, you know, it's like, how are you going to, when you graduate high school, college, go get a job? Yeah. Yeah. You got an interview, right? I mean, if, and I, and I talked to my girlfriend, she is a softball coach over at Parrish High School. Yeah. She's sister softball coach, Allie. And I talk to the athletic director there all the time. He goes, I see kids your age now. He's been doing it for 30 years. He's been doing this for a long time. He goes, I see kids now that come in for interviews and I just tell a difference. Like, yeah. no eye contact, not confident, doesn't seem like they know how to talk, doesn't seem like they could speak well in front of a class. Why would I hire you? And he's like, I'm seeing it. You know, I've seen it a little more often, right? Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's because of these doggone things. They're always on the phone. Guys now, you know, they Snapchat a girl or whatever, and, and then they see them that night at a bar, and they never talk, talk to, to them. Never talk yeah. to them. Never talk to them. And then they go home that night. Why didn't you talk to me? Listen, bud, why don't you just go up there and say, hey, how you doing? The name's Coop with a scoop, you know, nice to meet you. You know, shake their doggone hand like the good old days. How has your mom and dad been married? You know, know, our grandparents, they all got married when they were 18, 20 years old. Parents, you know, they got married when they were young as well. They didn't have phones and stuff. You know, they went out and they talked. They got to know each other. They they felt the connection one-on-one. You just don't really feel like you don't have that as much now, right? You know, the phone just kind of ruined it. Well, there was one uh, one cool thing that like my family did is you know when we were at the dinner table there was no never any phones, yeah. um, and so in high school I'd be going out with some friends or whatever and it'd be a group of us you know getting dinner after a game or something like that, and um, and everybody was always on their phones and it was driving me nuts and I was like guys let's have a conversation and so we did this thing where everybody had to put their phone in the middle of the table. And uh, whenever there'd be notifications that light up or whatever, if somebody went and grabbed their phone, they had to pay for everybody's meal. 
And yeah. so it's like we ha- would have a normal conversation. So uh-huh. if nobody grabbed the phone, then obviously you just get your own tab. Yeah. But if you reach and grabbed it, you got the whole table, Absolutely. which was, I love that because it's like, hey, we got into so many cool conversations like conspiracy theories yeah. and, you know, it's bonding. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'll be damned bonding, you know, and I, I go out to eat and Ali and I, we, we have a rule like, don't touch your phone. You know, leave it off the side, leave the wallet off the side. We're going to talk one-on-one. That's how it should be. And I see, like, other couples, or I'll see a family sitting there. And the thing is now, parents, what they do is they, the kids, they stick a phone in front of them, and they say, oh, it keeps them quiet. Yep. They just hey, sit there on the behave. phone. You behave. Yeah, here's the phone. Behave. Right? There it is. Behave. And they sit there. You know, who knows what videos they're watching? They're not yeah. keeping or track what of messages that, right? they're getting. Who knows that? Yeah. Right? Oh, oh, they're staying quiet, you know? Instead of disciplining them and saying, knock it the heck off. Or else I'm taking your ass outside and you're going to deal with me, you know, like my parents did right? Mine too. in the grocery store, Mine right? too. Mine too. So, and I see them all like, and then I'll see the parents on the phone. I'm like, what, what is going on with society right now? Something's got to change and it's got to change quick. This is my TED talk. I'm sorry. That's, just, I don't, that's what it is. It's hard. You know, it's hard. I don't know if you've seen the movie, The Social Dilemma. I know we've watched it a long time ago when we had COVID. Um, but you need, if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's about this. It's about what this is it? issue. It's called the social dilemma. It's on Netflix. Okay. Um, it's about this issue and it's about, you know, all these tech giants, you know, controlling what you see and creating, you know, division between, you know, all these different causes or uh-huh. backgrounds or whatever it may be. And it's a really good, really good film. I think you should watch it, yeah. but you know, talking is key and you love the talk. <laughs> You can't uh, tell? Can they not tell yet? (laughs) And that's, you know, that's how we met. Um, When I came to Warner as a sophomore or whatever I was coming in, you were one of the first people I met on campus, quite frankly, because you were the loudest person on campus. (laughs) Who the hell is that talking? (laughs) I can hear him three rooms over. And I was like, I I didn't even know the guy yet, but I could just hear your conversations with other people. And I was like, in my head, I was like, I'm going to like that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to like that guy. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it, it's not, you know, and I know everyone's not loud and not really very, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Extrovert. Extrovert, there you go, thank you. Not very extrovert, and you don't have to be very, very extrovert to be successful, but you do have to be able to talk to another human being, right, yeah. and be respectful. And that's another key I think we're losing as well is respect in society these days. Yeah, so let's uh, let's rein it back into the, uh, <laughs> the sales a little bit. Um, you know, you talked about like trying to learn how to sell all these sets, and you basically pitched yourself and said, "I will work as hard as possible. Just teach me." Uh-huh. So, talk about that process a little bit because how do you go from not knowing anything to being able to sell? You know, any jet you want. Yeah, that's a good question. It's mostly, uh, it really is. I mean, I, my boss, vice president, everyone worked there. Any question I asked, they obviously were always there to help me out. It's it's very self-taught, you know. There's a software out there that we use. It's called Amstat. And the Amstat, you get your login, whatever. And you log in, and you can look up different plane models. And it shows every, like, if I look up a certain plane model, a Citation 5, it shows the Citation 5s, how they, like, what the range of them are like the nautical mile range, how fast they are, you know, what the expense is, if they're on an engine program, how much certain engine costs and stuff. So you kind of teach yourself. Mm -hmm. Kind of like car shopping. Exactly. Exactly. But then, you know, you can look up all that, but then you can also, it shows every owner of that plane from the oldest model to the newest model. And you can click on their plane and it shows the owner's number. It shows the pilot's number if they have a pilot and the manager's number. And what we do all day is cold call. It's all cold calling. I'm not going airport to airport shaking hands. It's just cold call. I'll make 30, 40. I've made 70 cold calls in a day. It's a law of numbers, you know. Well, if you're cold calling people for jets, I want that cold call list. Yes, yes. I want to know who's on that yeah. list. There's, there's, there's some there. I have seen, I've seen Tiger Woods' jet, Donald Trump, Elon Musk. Um, I'm trying to think some other ones. I was just about to ask the, you that. Yeah. Like who's top of my head? Yeah, uh, Nick Saban. I've seen really? Ole Miss. I've seen Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I just want to say I figured yeah, out why Five Guys is so expensive. They own two jets and combined forty million dollars. Oh my, two gosh. of them. I was like, just in jets? No, yeah, just in jets. Like, no wonder they're dog- doggone fries are poop. One, I'm sorry, <laughs> fries are not good. <laughs> fries are not good. But their burgers, I'm like, what? No, the, the burgers are good. I ain't paying no. 
$10 for a cheeseburger. I mean, come on. It is 10, 15 bucks for cheeseburger. I mean, I haven't been there in a while, but I figured out why they're so expensive. But you see companies like that Walmart, um, Bell's out, uh, Bell's, not Bell's outlet, but Bell's, they have a jet. Um, you see all of them and you call people. Um, but it's just, it's all cold calling day in day out. Um, and it's a law of numbers. I always thought the more people I can call, I'm going to get a lot of no's. I'm going to get a lot of shut the hell up. Don't call me again. I will get the one or two that say, you know, I have been interested in selling, you know, here's the specs of my plane. It's the total time, yada, yada, yada. And it's the price I'm looking for. All right. Got one, write it down. And then I go try to find a buyer for them. So, um, what I do is like, if I have a citation five that is selling, I'll look up on the Amstat. Uh, citation fives, what upgrades to a citation five? Like what jet is the next step up? Citation two. I'll go call, go call all citation twos. I have a citation five year model, 1995. Here's the, uh, total time on it, the specs, the owners from this state, it's hangered here, maintained by here. This is the price range they're looking for. No, no, not interested. Get that one. I have been looking to upgrade actually. Yeah. Send them, send me the specs and stuff. Email them the specs. Put the two pieces of the puzzle together. We're rocking and shocking, baby. And that's just all it is, really. That's it's awesome. just it's yeah. just finding a buyer, finding a plane, finding a seller, finding a buyer, putting the two pieces of the puzzle together. But it takes a lot of calling. It takes a lot of time on the phone. A lot of, um, like, negative uh, outcomes, I guess. Like, a lot of mm-hmm. uh, what, denial. Denial, a lot of denial. Like, no, no. I get that all day long. I get the, no, screw you, you know, um, don't call me again. But... At the end of the day, I'm looking for that commission, and I know it's out there. So, well, that's mm-hmm. that's a good ability. If you have the ability to hear that word and uh-huh. it not affect you in a sense, like yeah. not discourage you, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hope this isn't too much of a nosy question, but like, how does that work with your pay? Are you 100 percent commission, or do you have a base salary so, and commission on top? No, no, no. So I have a base salary. So when you're selling jets, it's definitely like I I've actually I've happened to. This when I started with them, I've been fortunate enough to be able to sell a, a, a good quantity amount of jets. Um, normal times, you're gonna go through a little dry spell a little bit, you know. Um, so you have a base salary. Um, we have a base salary. Our boss gives us a base salary, and then you have a commission on top of the plane. Now, it's not as in okay, like when I sell a house, I get seven percent of what that house price is commission. Like no, no. What we do is we're broker fee. We're just charge. We're just. Buy- Find the seller, find the buyer. We charge a broker fee on the plane, depending how expensive it is. Depending from, you know, we can, we, you know, we'll charge a broker fee of 200000 to 100000 to 50000 25000 I make a commission off the broker fee. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's how I make, that's how I make my bread and butter. So if we make 200000 as a business, you know, on a broker fee, I make the commission off that. We make 50000 off the business. I make a commission off the 50,000. So okay. just how it is, but it's different. And every, every plane owner has a different mentality. So some guys don't really care. They don't mind how much you get paid. Some guys do, you know, it's coming out of their pocket. You know, they want to make yeah. sure that I get screwed. Um, which, you know, sometimes you're like, dude, you're selling a plane for $5 million. You know, yeah. what's a hundred thousand dollars of 5 million, you know, but some guys do that, you know, so you got to wheel and deal. And then, you, and then at the end of the day, you also got to take, I've taken cuts in my commission to get a deal closed. Because when we get a plane under contract, it goes to a facility, and they check up on the plane because they're buying a multi-million-dollar asset. It's a big investment, so they want to make sure the plane's working. So they also, you don't want to fall out of the sky. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So they bring it to a facility, they check it out. We call it a pre-buy inspection. They get the inspection stuff to say, and every single time, obviously, it's a plane. Things are going to come up. Hey, these are this is the list that we've that came up. These are unairworthy but these ones are airworthy you have to pay for these ones in order for us to get that plane back in the air and it depends sometimes it can be oh my gosh that thing's a that's a chunk of change <laughs> and you have to work with clients hey listen he'll be like no nah, i'm not gonna pay that i'm not gonna pay that all right i'll take a chunk out of my commission but you gotta help me out you gotta pay half for this okay i'll do it you know i've taken chunks out of my commission to get deals done but i just want to get a deal done i'm hungry right you gotta yeah. be hungry so um that's just that's the basis of it that's how it works day in and day out it's um, it's it's good money, great money, but it's very stressful, very very stressful because you have contracts involved. You're dealing with multi multi millionaires who have the best lawyers, and you know that. So you and make probably sh- the best attitudes. Yep. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Some guys are great. Some guys, it's like golly, this guy needs a punch right through this phone, right in the mouth. You know. <laughs> um. So you got to be careful. You got to make sure you're relaying 
the correct information about the plane to the buyer because it can come back and bite you in the butt. So um, a little bit of pressure involved, but I mean, obviously you're selling planes. There's going to be a little, there's going to be some pressure involved there. So you got to just kind of expect that and then kind of get used to it. So mm-hmm. just can imagine that like being in the market for a plane. Like, yeah, I'm going to go buy a plane today. Yeah. I'm going to go it's spend $8 million. It's, un- it's unreal. I mean, these guys, some of these guys just got it. I mean, they, you know, I, I have a plane being delivered to me, you know, end of this year. It's a CG Forge into $10 million. It's being delivered to me. I already paid for it. I'm just waiting for it to come off the assembly line. Man, like, what in the world do you do? You know, and some yeah. of these guys, and I have seen entrepreneurs, you know, because I call every single client I call is mostly an entrepreneur. You know, they started from the ground up. Um, different businesses, doctors, uh, lawyers, a lot of construction guys, oil, farmers. I'm selling a plane right now to a gentleman out of Texas. He owns, uh, I think it's 45,000 acres out there in wow. Texas. In <laughs> Texas, the biggest, biggest. He's he's uh, the biggest landowner out in Texas still right now, buying a plane from us right now. Um, Makes sense. One guy, I'm selling another plane to a gentleman right now. He's out of uh, North Carolina. He's a contractor, construction guy for Louis Vuitton. Oh, wow. That's plane. So you just meet so many different people, so many different personalities, uh, so many different backgrounds. It's, it's crazy. It's unreal. What, you, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. What, what is the uh, coolest person that you've met? Or Because you're doing a lot of stuff over the phone. Have you yeah. ever like met some of these people that you're talking to? Um, I ha- So it's more every deal is mostly over the phone. You know, I don't really meet them face-to-face. Now, if it's a big deal, like we're making a good amount of money, I'll go out and see a plane, which I've done once, right? If we're making a big chunk of change, we're going to go out, look at the plane, bring our buyer with us, and show the plane off. Um, but mostly, no, it's just over the phone. Over the phone, maybe mm-hmm. a FaceTime here and there, mm-hmm. um, texting a lot, emailing back and forth. Uh, but no, not really. It's not like uh, selling real estate where you're face-to-face shaking hands at the end of the day, showing the house off to them. Um, it, it's so easy with the phone showing video, Hey, you know, tell the owner, take a good video, video of the plane, take a lot of pictures and send me all the documents you have on the plane. Ding comes up with the phone. That's all the owner needs. Send it right over to the, uh, to the buyer, send it all over to the buyer and he looks over it. So, and you can tell by pictures, well, that plane looks pretty clean, you know, or in some other ones you're like, Oh, this one looks kind of dirty. You, you know, know that's, you that's really hard to believe though, that they sell multi-million dollar jets mm-hmm. over the phone. Yeah. Over the phone, it's crazy. man. It's unbelievable. It's all I, I, I think I have met out of all the jets I have sold, I have met one of my clients face to face. And here in St. Pete, he landed the plane. I went out and looked at it. Um, but other than that, because I've sold planes to guys who are out in Iowa. You know, if we have to go all the way out there, that's a good chunk of change for my boss to pay, you know, yeah. to get us all the way out there. So if we can do it over the phone, we're going to do it over the phone. Uh, which they understand that the buyers and sellers, they know how it works. A lot of Zoom um, calls. Zoom, of Zoom calls, calls. Zoom calls. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just technology may, has made it so, so much easy, easier. you know. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I, I've had planes out in California, uh, New York, Texas, here in Florida, Indiana. Um, I had one up in uh, South Dakota. I'm like, you can have planes up there? It's too damn cold. Well, how do I got that go up in the air? So. Any, anything to Alaska? Uh, so, uh, nothing to Alaska, but my coworker just closed a plane that he got this plane, it was over in Europe, and they, the buyers from, were from Canada. They had to fly it from Europe all the way to Canada, a ferry flight, to land and close in Canada. It was a pretty crazy Dang, deal. that's crazy. So, yeah, so we did an international deal. We have two guys that work in our office. Uh, they're internationally, uh, so they're both from, I think, one's from Mexico, one's from Brazil. So they deal with a lot of the Europeans, Brazilians, uh, people that live in Mexico and stuff like that. So I, I have one question about it. Uh, do you, like, ever get to go on a trip, like, with the plane to, you know? So, yeah. So I've definitely asked my clients, hey, can I get it? You know, can you fly me over here? You know, and they're they're up for it when they get time. They're absolutely, yeah, hey, I'll, I'll absolutely. You know, if you need a trip up to North Carolina and if he's around the area, yeah. I'll take you up there. You know, yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Um, But nothing where, like, in contract where it's like, I want five flights out of this plane if I help, you know, close this thing for you. You know, nothing uh, like that. Yeah. Just kind of like handshake, like, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll, if you need if you need to go somewhere, I'll fly it. Because it is, y'all are complaining complaining about filling up your cars. 
Oh, Imagine yeah. filling up a jet, how much <laughs> that is. It's a, it's a couple grand right out, right out of your pocket, getting there and then getting back. So, And it's not your just normal 87. It's nav gas, too. So it's yep. like it's a lot more. It's kind premium. of like your premium. The yeah. premium. Yep. So very, very expensive. And you're seeing that now with a lot of owners. It's starting to come down a little bit. But for a while there, you know, it was getting tough. You know, interest rates were rising. Gas prices were staying high. Not really knowing how the market's being. Um, a lot of these guys finance, you know. So... You know, they went and they were financed. They were going to get financed, you know, six, seven months ago. And they said, oh, you know, I'll wait a couple months. Then they go back six months later and they're like, what the heck? My interest rates doubled. You know, I'm not going to buy a plane. I already know I'm overpaying a little bit for this plane because there's no inventory. They don't make as many planes as they did before COVID. Um, so Cessna used to uh, pop out 550 planes a year. Now they're only popping out 250. Hmm. So there's just no inventory. So it bumps up the price, right? Demand's still there, but supply's low. It's going to bump up the price. So that's the case. It's the case right now. It still is the case. You know, they're struggling to have workers. And the biggest thing is, is getting it over to America. A lot of it is made overseas and they bring it to America. It's just getting it here is, is the tough thing. Um, so, and we're, we're seeing, you know, for a while we're seeing a little slow in the market and stuff, but the way I look at it, I don't listen to the extra noise. I don't listen to any news, Fox news, CNN, and they're like, oh my god, oh, there's a crash coming, and I'm like, I don't give a damn. If I can, if I can call as many people as I can, I'm sure I can get it. You're still gonna work. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna work. I'm just gonna go out there and grind. I'm gonna try to get a plane. There's gonna be a guy out there selling for whatever reason. I'm gonna find a buyer. I'm sure there's a guy out there. So how does that? I mean, I know you've kind of explained how it's um, a little bit different during these times, but you were saying you had a pretty good year this year. How has yeah. the whole inflation thing um, affected the market? Like, is it more of an issue? But it sounded like you have a good. You know, yeah, you've had a yeah. good year. Yeah, yeah, I've I've had a great year. Um, I've sold I've sold seven planes so far this year, and I have two in pre buy right now. So potentially nine before the end of the year, um, which is fantastic. You know, it's 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 and, it's, and you know, like like I said, I was definitely I always say I'm blessed enough. Yeah. You know, it's not me doing it. You know, it's it's the man above who helps me. He gives he gives me the strength every morning to wake up and be able to call people every single day. And he it's kind of luck luck of the draw. I'm calling someone who wants to sell right, but. Mm -hmm. If you put the work in, it says in the Bible, work, work as hard as you can, right? Yeah. You get tenfold back. So that's that's just that's just how I am. You know, I'm gonna try to work as hard as I can. So with inflation and stuff, um, definitely, I would say this last interest uh, <clears throat> interest hike that they just did recently, um, it kind of put a little it put a dagger into the market. It's like, damn, another time. You know, are they gonna do it again next year? Mm -hmm. So, so obviously what they're doing is they're trying to raise interest rates because inflation is so bad. If you raise interest rates, it slows down the economy, bring down inflation, right? Not as many people are buying and selling. So in my case, as selling jets, they want that to slow down the, the, the transactions from buying and selling, you know, they want to bring down inflation, selling homes. They don't want as many people buying and selling. So they're going to keep hiking up interest rates, hiking up interest rates. Um, so that's the issue that we're seeing. So right now it's fine. Mm -hmm. It's okay. I'm sure next year I won't have maybe as a banner of a year. Um, I hope so, but these millionaires, they got it. They got the money, yeah. you know, and some of them, a lot of them buy for tax purposes, for a write-off or, you know, um, used to get 100% depreciation tax write-off mm -hmm. up until next year. It's only 80%. So a lot of guys this year, quarter four, are buy, 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 buy. I want to get that 100% tax depreciation write-off this year. You know, I want to get that. I want to get that certificate for it, you know. So if I buy next year, it's only 80%. Mm -hmm. um, so it's pretty busy right now in quarter four. Um, so, yes, I have definitely seen since I've started, which I started in March of this year, um, Definitely inflation, obviously, it's coming down, but barely. I mean, little by little by little, and they're going to probably keep hiking up interest rates. So if you're financing, it sucks, mm -hmm. right? Makes you think twice. You're paying cash. Eh, I don't care. I'm paying cash. Yeah, it doesn't affect you. That doesn't way. matter. Have a, as most of your uh, sales this year came from like commercial clients or like private, you know? All private. Yeah? All private. No yeah. commercial. No commercial. All private. All private owners, all entrepreneurs, own a jet, own a couple, maybe one or two maybe three, um, a lot of it too. Yeah. We're just talking about this. Yeah. Cash I know. Like, yeah. Yeah. But a lot of them, a lot of these guys too, there, there's some guys and I want to say, I guess if you can consider 
So what do you mean by commercial? Like what do you like, you uh, like, like all state? Or... Oh, oh, oh yeah, nothing that big. Oh heck okay. no, 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 no. I'm not that. No, that those type of companies they they have their own brokers and they have their own aviation department that knows other big time brokers. Uh, okay. They're not gonna deal with someone like us out of Inglewood, Florida. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So I get that. You kind of when you see Walmart, you just mark that one out and onto the next one. I'm not even gonna call them to even get to who I need to talk to is a 20 minute wait. You know, I'm go. We gotta go. I gotta call as many people as I can. So. Mm-hmm. Um, no, mostly private. It's all been private. It's all been, all my deals have been, um, cold calls off cold calls. Uh, guys selling have all been from cold calls, just calling them, you know, Hey, yeah, I have been selling, you know, I've been interested in selling this, the price I'm looking for. The good thing is too, in the office that we, we had before Ian wrecked us, um, it, uh, we would feed off each other. Well, so I would get a plane and one of my coworkers be like, I got a buyer right now that buy that thing. Now, what happens is I'm not going to make the full commission because I'm not selling it myself. I'm not, I'm, I'm found the seller, but I'm not going to be able to find the buyer myself. So the whole commission is not going to come to me. So if we have a $100,000 commission as a broker fee, if I have the seller, my coworker has the buyer, I only get 50000 We split it. I'm mm-hmm. not complaining. I'm not going to complain because you know what? If I can get a quick deal, ASAP, and his guy's satisfied, my guy's satisfied, and I still do pretty good. I'm fine with that, yeah. you know, instead of me maybe wasting a couple days, maybe weeks trying to find a buyer and then my seller getting antsy saying, why the hell have you not found a buyer and then losing a client and then losing all that time, maybe looking for another deal, mm-hmm. you know, so we feed off each other well, um, which is very nice. And I think that's why we're a small company in Inglewood, Florida, Avsky Corporation. And we're, I think we are 15th or 14th in the world and broker transactions right now. That's awesome. And there dude. are a ton of brokers. Yeah. There. So it's just because we feed off each other well. We're not greedy. We're not greedy. Your we're going to help, help each other out. You know, yeah. we're going to help each other That's out. Awesome. So, um, and at the end of the day, if you can make money, you can make money. Absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> absolutely. Speaking of which, you keep, you mentioned Ian, man, that area, you're, you're talking about Inglewood. So Inglewood is on, let me get my directions here, southwest part of Florida. Correct. And, it's pretty much right where the eye wall, the yeah. worst part of the storm hit Florida not too long ago. I believe it was late September, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's right. And that's your hometown, man. I, I live, but don't live down there. My vacation part, family, second house. Home. Yeah. Yeah. Second is home. down there in Inglewood, too. I went down there not too long after the storm and checked out the area, man. Rough. Rough. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was crazy. I want to kind of go on a side note here. When I came to Lake Wales and I talked to everyone around here, they're like, where are you from? I'm like, they're not going to know where I'm from. From Inglewood, Florida. And everyone here. Yeah, you've been yeah. down there. You've been down there. Uh, Barnes has been there. All of his friends have been there. You know, everyone had been to Inglewood, Florida because it's good fishing. It's great yeah. fishing. Yeah. Everyone goes down there to fish. I was like, Pretty popular, you know. I didn't think you guys would know. So, you live in Inglewood? Yeah, awesome. like, dude, when we come down, you know, Luke Myers, Clayton Toth, you know, they all, you know, Toth lives kind of near there. But, uh, yeah, I was like, man, I feel, you know, I didn't know a lot of people knew about Inglewood. Oh, it's, so, a, it's a hidden gem. Yes, it's a hidden it is. Gym. It is a hidden gem. It's very, it's, so for everyone who doesn't know what Inglewood, Florida is, it's very old Florida. It's very like 60s, 70s style, I'd say. Yeah. No high rises, all mom and pop, you know, mostly owned restaurants. And I'm a part of the Chamber of Commerce committee there um, in Inglewood. And we're very, very, we love local businesses. We have had times where big companies, uh, you know, Hilton and different um, uh, different hotels have come in and say, hey, we'd like to build, you know, we'd like to knock this house down, this trailer, build a high rise. We're very, we, we like local businesses with yeah. like mom and pop mm-hmm. shops. You know, we like the way Inglewood is right now. And a lot of tourists like that as well. They like, it's a little quieter. And when season comes, like when you guys come down, like, you know, when snowbirds come down, we kill it. I mean, they, they, they love it down there because it's a little quieter, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, that's big in, that's big in Inglewood, Florida. You know, we're very, we're very old school. Um, but yeah, go back to Ian. Yeah. Ian wrecked us. Um, it was very, it was 155 mile per hour winds for about 12 hours straight. Um, I think we got a couple gusts of like 165. So I happened to, I went up my mom, my dad, my brothers, they left, they went up to, uh, Pensacola, I think. And I said, Allie, my girlfriend and their folks were staying in Bradenton. Like we're staying. I'm like, I'm going to go there. I'm gonna make sure I'm no, my fault. Her, their dad was in Vegas on a golf trip and he called me or texted me. He's like, Hey, can you go up there and stay with, you know, 
my Absolutely. wife and my girlfriend Absolutely. says, sure, sure, you know. As I'm driving up there, I'm shaking. I'm like, this storm's going to be real dangerous. <laughs> I'm going to be the only man in the house. <laughs> but I'll I do it. You. I feel I'll you. do it. <laughs> same. So, same. So uh, I, we get up there. Well, originally, it was the eye was supposed to go right over Tampa, right near Bradenton. Mm-hmm. I kept saying, hey, you guys want to get out of here? You know, we want to go somewhere else? Let's go. Let's go to like Miami, whatever. Let's get a hotel or something. No, we're going to stay here. We're going to hunker down. Uh, and they're like, are you okay with that? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm okay with that. I turn my head. Hot damn, I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with that. I am, I'm scared shitless right now. I'll be honest with you. So, um, yeah. so the storm was coming, and we're watching on the news, and it's just sitting in the ocean, moving six miles per hour, yeah, building, building and building, and that eye is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I'm like, hot damn. So I'm thinking it's going to hit Tampa. Well, then it took a turn, right, the last second, and it's going over. It's going to hit Charlotte County. It's going to make landfall right there in Cape Coral, south of Inglewood. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Well, all my buddies stayed in Inglewood. They didn't think it was going to be that bad. They're drinking, having a hurricane party. It hits, makes landfall. And we had, we had power the whole time up in Bradenton. Inglewood lost power early. Now, my buddies had cell service for a little bit there. They're calling me like, Coop, dude, how much longer we got? I'm watching the news. I'm like, you guys got eight more hours. They're like, eight more hours? It's already been two hours. I'm like, it's moving six miles per hour right now. And it hit at a hurt, it hit, it hit at a category four. It wasn't a category four. It was one mile per hour short of a category five. five. It That's was a cat crazy. five. So, um, and it sat and sat and sat and just wrecked Inglewood. I went back and brought a tear to my eye. I mean, just seeing the businesses, the bars you go to, you know, the golf course you go play, high school elementary schools just wrecked i mean yeah. absolutely wrecked you see it on the news on like you know other states when they get hit um other other uh, counties when they get hit and stuff maybe here in florida like miami and stuff and when it happens to your own town you're like oh my gosh it was a war zone we got there no cell service getting back there was impossible the water was so high you needed to lift the truck or lift the jeep yeah so there's yeah. just no way of getting back there for a couple of days can't call my friends. No cell service. Only time you could call is if you went to the Walmart. Verizon had brought, you know, satellites and stuff. That's the only time you call people. And people were on Facebook, you know, on, uh, like, these Facebook pages. And I'm up in Bradenton. I have cell service. And they're, they're like, in Inglewood Rotunda is where I live. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know, hey, can you, um, you know, can you please check on my grandfather, my, my mother, my father? I can't get a hold of them. They're 70 years old. I just don't know if they're okay. So I got on there. And um, he said, hey, if you guys need help, you know, I'll go down there and look. And one girl, like, was messaging me. She said, can you, go, can you go check on my parents? And I said, I can't get down there tomorrow. It's too too wet. My car can't back there. Can't get back there. But I'll go check. You know, she gave me the address. She goes, thank you so much. But so many people were like that. They didn't know. Yeah. Oh, is my family alive? I mean, Natural my disaster. My parents, yeah. Are my parents alive? Are my grandparents alive? You know, they just didn't know. And it was depressing. Very depressing. I, and and uh, we, I drove down there and... I actually, as I got down there, she's like, hey, they're okay. They finally called me. I'm like, okay, good. They, they happened to get to Walmart. And I checked my house, and I remember Allie and I were taking all the shutters off. And, and you know, you see the roof. It's just, I mean, you see plywood. The black tar is gone. You know, shingles are gone and stuff. Debris all over the yard. Trees blowing down. I mean, trees right here. I mean, luckily, none of the trees snapped on a roof. We wouldn't have a roof. Um, and I remember before I opened the door, I looked back at her, and I was like, you sure about this? He goes, might as well. And I opened it. Didn't know what to expect. It'd be water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what to expect. And we were pretty fortunate. We just had a leak um, in one of the rooms, and it ended up uh, becoming black mold, uh, you know. Yeah, where the, Florida things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where the black tar paper got breached and the wood got breached. It seeped into the drywall. <clears throat> um, so, and then it uh, created black mold. Um, so we had to clean that up. But now it's an issue of insurance and having to get public adjusters involved. It's It's... <laughs> it's a bigger it's headache. Bad, it's, yeah. bad, it's bad enough when the storm hits and you see what happens, but then it's a bigger headache dealing with insurance, and then you have to get public adjusters involved and trying to get, you know, you know these insurance companies saying, oh, yeah, your roof, yeah, it's pretty damaged. <laughs> I'll give you 5000 5000 <laughs> 5000 for my roof? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And I get quotes, it's going to be twenty four, thirty thousand dollars $30,000. Yeah, I ain't spent out twenty tough. grand it's tough. after a hurricane. I'd understand like if there's no hurricane, I need a new roof. Well, I have it's all on me. You know, there's no there's no disaster for me to hang right. on. You ain't give me no five thousand dollar. You know, so you got to get public adjusters involved and stuff, and it just takes time. There's so many people that are dealing with it. You know, so it's just unreal. I do think the area has bounced back well, though. It has. Um, it really I, has. I went down there two weeks after. Yeah, 
And it was a war zone, but I went down and dropped supplies off to the Red Cross and whatnot. Shout out to them. Um, they let us yes. hang out and have a good time and here bring smiles Thank, and yes. back Thank them. stuff to our they do people's so much. faces down there. And but, the linemen. I want to say shout out to the linemen because everything in Inglewood is all utility poles. Nothing's underground. I said in the Chamber of Commerce, we need to fix that. Yeah. ASAP. Because up in Bradenton, where my girlfriend is, I'll be damned they didn't lose power because it's all underground. The that's utilities how, are. You that's know? how uh, mm-hmm. Ave Maria. Yep. That's yeah. all. The, there's not power line inside down there. It's crazy. Yeah. So they it's did. Crazy. They did a unbelievable job. I remember, I I like. I just would see them drive every day when I get down. I just would just tear roll down my line. I mean, they're away from their families, busting their balls off for people they've never met. Yep. Mm-hmm. So when they would like Chasing drive by, we yeah, we would have hot dogs for them. We'd have beer for them. They'd come by. We drink with them, and their stories are, are unbelievable. Just meeting them, being nice to them, and I mean, just thanking them. Like, dude, without you. We wouldn't be back to normal right now. My yeah. power would not have. I mean, my house would not have power right now. Mm. We wouldn't have cell service. Thank you. So, thank uh-huh. thank you to all of them. I think that uh, you know rolls us in to snap question. Yeah, but I love this part. I love this part. Um, yeah, Coop. So we uh, this is kind of one of our key questions that we ask. Um, and the goal was kind of to get to know you more as a person. Um, you know, I don't think we had that issue with him. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah exactly. The. Uh, We've talked about, you know, your sales side, um, but we want to know you more as a person. Um, so we asked this question. It's uh, if you could have three people out to dinner that are alive, who would they be and why? This was a tough one. I'm still thinking about this one, but I think number one, one of them, um, John Daly would be one for obvious nice. reasons. John Daly would be just a fantastic time. You know, he would take not only would it be a fantastic time, it'd all be on him because he'd be so drunk. He'd be like, it's on me, you know? You know <laughs> it's all hooters. We're here anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so him, I think I would go with Chris Farley. Um, if you don't nice. know who Chris Farley yeah. is, uh, he was a fantastic comedian back in the 90s, died too soon, funnier than hell. That's I think Chris first. Farley would be uh, someone I'd want to be with. And I think I'm, an, I'm a big golfer, so I, I would like Tiger Woods to be there too. Um yeah. For a couple reasons, I would want to get in early to be Charlie's caddy, mm-hmm. his son, who will be on PGA Tour. You know, I'd kind of want to set the seeds a little bit. You know, hey, you know, you need a caddy. <laughs> well, a caddy now. Why well, sell jets? But you know, I gotta, yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll be his up. caddy. Get out of here. But I try. You know, but um, I think those would be my probably my top three. Um, it'd be a pretty fun group. I feel like we'd have a we'd have. A, pretty good blast and you know i'd probably bring him to inglewood bring him over to sandbar lock and key let's just hang out around yeah. here you know but uh yeah i think they would they'd be my three i'd go to that's awesome let him go let him go play at the boca uh grand and yeah, golf course well, absolutely yeah remember. because guys like them were the guys that can get on not like me i show up they're like get out <laughs> yeah you, you peasant get this out. is member only <laughs> this is member only yeah yeah you're you're not allowed here <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We don't care. Get out. Now, Um, if they showed up like John Daly and Chris Farley, if he's alive, and Tiger Woods, they'd be able to get on, and they'd be like, oh, this is our friend. He's our fourth. They'd be like, yeah, no, still, get out. You're not allowed allowed here. You know. Oh, man. Our next question for you, Jake, is, you know, we've had some fun experiences back in, uh, you know, our college days. We act like that's a long time ago, but, and we've done some, you know, not so great things. We've done some <laughs> awesome things. And we, me and Smothers were looking at each other. I don't know. We got to ask him this question. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. What is your <laughs> wildest college experience? There's a lot of them. Let's, uh, let's keep them a little PG. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, keep yeah. Them, we'll keep them PG. Oh, my gosh. I got to think off the top of my head because there was, there was a few of them. You guys may know I have than some, me. I know some absolute hilarious <laughs> stories. I have a lot. I, I have yeah, a lot. Yeah. I, um, I think, so like wildest as in like, just like they're, just they're out there. Like a good time, a good time, a good story. Um, you know, I, I guess I could keep this rated PG a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I was, uh, hanging out, you know, we're out and about drinking a little bit and, um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, we were, uh, having a good time and I said, Hey, what are the odds? I go streaking down the road, <laughs> you know, one to 10, you know, you go three, two, one, you know, I said five, the guy go, you know, said five at the same time. Yeah. I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. you gotta do it. Yeah. I'm like, okay. All right. And everyone's there. And I'm like, oh no. And mind you, gentlemen, it's like 35 degrees outside. Ooh, <laughs> 35. Yeah. So we know how that is. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, uh, I'm like, oh no. The, okay. I said, it. I'm going to do it. So I Man go out. Word. I go out and uh, I'm running down the road. Do you guys remember Creepy Mike? 
<laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. Hold on, you're out. Remember yeah, Creepy Mike? Yeah. Do you want me? Uh, do you want to explain who he is? Go ahead. You go ahead. I'll let you do it. So, Creepy Mike is. Uh, he was a security guard at our school, and um, and the guy was always looking to like catch you. He's like, oh, I got you. Like he'd try to set you up just yes. to get you. Yes. And so um, he was very much that guy that like he would walk the halls of the dorms, and if he heard something, he'd knock on the door. You gotta be quiet. It's like, dude, it's three o'clock on a Saturday, like afternoon, and he was always complaining about something. So that'll kind of yeah. So he he was always out to get you. And we're off campus. We're down the road a little bit, right? So I'm streaking. Well, I they're like run down to the mailbox, you know, touch the mailbox, come around. I'm like, all right. Well, me being me, I run down the mailbox and I'm covering. You know, I'm covering. Run down the mailbox. Said, you know what? I touched the mailbox. There's an open road, and I said, no hands. I'm running. I'm just gonna go down this road. And they're like, what's <laughs> What's Cooper doing? Look at Cooper. I'm just running. I'm just running down. And I'll be down. There's, there's headlights coming. I'm like, what are these headlights doing? No, I didn't care. I'm like, whatever. I'm just going to keep running. I keep running. It's creepy Mike. Window roll down as, as I'm passing by. And I'm like, hot damn. It's creepy Mike. He just saw everything I'm packing. He's probably he got just, a video camera. And, just like, and I know he liked it. I know he probably liked it. I'm pretty sure he did. I'm like, oh my God. So I, I like cover up and I go through the woods and I kind of go behind the house and stuff. They're like, where'd you go? I'm like, creepy Mike. Creepy Mike's outside the door. <laughs> like, oh my God. I'm like, they're like, oh, that's crazy. I'm like, he just saw everything. Like, I just saw my whole, you know, my, my whole shebang. Out You're Johnson. There. So yeah. You, so that was, that was one. That, that was, that was one of for sure. And then I like, I would see him around campus and he would just like, Look, not you know, he's new. You know, yeah, he's yeah. like I've seen your. I've, yes, I've seen what you, I've seen I what you've done, but you. yeah, you shouldn't do the one to ten thing, Bubba, <laughs> <laughs> and not and not get uh, crazy and go down the road and not cover anything up. Did so, he ever bring it up to you? Never did. Never did. He never You're brought probably it up. Glad Thank about God. That. Yeah. Thank God. Because if he did, I mean, he, he probably could roast me. But it's thirty five degrees outside. Yeah, I mean, yeah, on. that's respectable. Come that on. is respectable. Yeah. Come on, I'm oh, surprised man. you even had the nerve to do it that cold. I've been like. Uh, few, few of these, Catch few me in the of these. Of summertime, guys. I think, I think it was um, Jared Clary and I, and we, remember, do you remember Jared? Yeah, yeah. Jared yeah. Clary and I, and he we was were, a pitcher for us. Yeah, we, we were on the pond table, and I swear to God, we were lights out. Probably two hours, Hitting every cut. two hours straight, not missing. <laughs> so, dude, I am feeling myself. You know, I ran out. We ran out of beer, so then I'm like, ooh, twisted tea. <laughs> we know how those get you. So I'm like, ooh, I'm pulling these in there. I'm doing like half cups and oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah, I was, I was done. So that's why I said one to 10. And then when he said five, you know, five, I'm like, well, I'll go do it. I don't give a dog. You know, I, just, I was feeling myself. Yeah. yeah. You know, but I'll never, that was probably the best pong night of my life. I mean, beer pong <laughs> and twisted tea pong. I was on a fire. Could have missed. Could have missed. Throwing strikes. Oh my gosh. Buckets. I could have behind the back. I mean, I could have just thrown, the, it was just going in. I just <laughs> had a feel. Just had a feel. <laughs> Oh, man. I guess that brings us to our next question. Um, Coop, if you could go anywhere in the world for 24 hours, where would you go and what would you do? Ooh, anywhere in the world for 24 hours. Um, I think I would probably, I would honestly want to go over to, like, uh, Jerusalem. Oh, that's cool. Um, I think I'd want to go over there because obviously that's uh, where a lot of the New Testament took place and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, like the, the Holy Bible. Land, yep, what they yep, say? Holy Land and stuff where Jesus <clears throat> walked and stuff. I would like to see the history out there. 24 hours. I just yeah. want yeah. to go out there and just check it out. Walk the lands. Um, just kind of see see how it is. You see know? everything come to life. Yes. I would just... I would just Love to go out there and just feel the history, and maybe mm -hmm. you know feel feel some spirits out there, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Maybe go to Israel too. I uh, just kind of check it out right. because I probably will never be able to make it out there. So if it's a quick mm -hmm. twenty four hours, I'll go out there. Yeah. Right around there. That's cool. It's cool because you could also look at the Bible and like these. It's not just you know random cities and stuff uh -huh. like that. They're real places, and yeah. so to be able to put what you've read growing up or together. whatever and yep. get a yep. picture with it. Absolutely. The same. All the same things are there too. Yeah. Like yeah. That's crazy. I would like to do that too. You know, that's a different perspective where we got we've gotten like Fiji or um the mountains, you know, yeah. like yeah. vacation destinations. Absolutely. That's yeah. That's cool. I'm sure it's a vacation. I'm sure it's beautiful out oh, there. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure yeah. you have a great you know, have a good time and you know, enjoy yourself out there. But it'd be really cool to kind of maybe see. see I right. think my two would be like I'd be split between like going to Australia mm. and seeing the outback. Or everything like, out there can hurt you, Brian. Yeah, I know. Yes. I know. <laughs> yes. Or like I seen golf course videos of like 
mountain lion right in front of him. I'm like, dude, screw that. <laughs> I ain't gonna go out there. Or uh, I think like seeing the Great Wall of China would be pretty cool. That'd be a good one. That would be pretty cool. That'd be a good one. I'd definitely go to Alaska. I've been, but that place is amazing. Beautiful yeah. mountains, dude. Yeah. It's it's legit. Uh-huh. But let me ask you guys a question. Go ahead. You know, you got you guys always ask questions. Let me ask you guys questions. If you can go back to any uh, oh, gosh any like U.S. history event. Either present, past, what would it be? Ooh, that's a good what would it one. Be? That's a good one. I would be, I'd go to the Rolling Twenties. I feel like that would be 1920s. The Roaring Twenties? Roaring Twenties, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, dude, like, that was one whenever baseball was, like, huge. Like, mm-hmm. Babe Ruth around yep. and big time. Um, and it was just, like, a very cool time period. Everybody's wealthy. Like, everybody was making very good money. Um, and, yeah, I just feel like it'd be a cool, you know, no phones, no internet. That's just a good kinda... one. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm trying to think still, man. There's a lot of like cool events I'd like to go to, like, and a lot of cool different places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cars were also ten yeah. times cooler back then. Yeah, too. absolutely. <laughs> they were made right. Yeah, they were think, made right. I think honestly, I'm gonna go. This keeps on popping in my head. Like, I think I'm gonna go to the like you know the civil rights. Movement. That's pretty good. In one. Washington, D.C. In the seven, be, like in, when during MLK's speech and everything. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't want to talk be, about a public speaker. Yeah. I yeah. wouldn't, yes. wouldn't want to be in the crowd. I would just want to, like, you know, take it all in with the knowledge that I have yeah. now and see what's the difference. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Like, what, how was that being handled back then? Yep. I think that'd be really cool. I'm going to answer my own question. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Revolutionary War. Yeah, I no have also been back for. I would, between. I I would just love to see. I mean, not obviously, obviously people died and stuff out there. I would just love to see the patriot patriotism. You know, these these yeah. these these marksmen. You're fighting for something. These marksmen, you know, you know, like us hanging out in the house and we go in our gun safe. We pick up guns. Say we're going to go fight the British army, top tier colony, yeah. number one army yes. in the world. We're 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 going to go fight them. And you know, honey, I love you, kids. I love you, but this is I, I, I'm tired of these assholes tell me what to do yeah. you know we moved over here for a reason and they're still telling me what to do we're gonna we're gonna fight these sons of guns i would love to just shake one of their hands and just just get their thoughts yeah be like come in the future come on a podcast you and i so we do yeah. this one yeah exactly <laughs> and uh in terms of like the question that you're asking are are you going there as a spectator or are you living your life through that time period <sighs> That's a good question. That's a good question. Because okay, if I, so if I, I if have I'm, two different answers, so if I'm going, I'm living there, if then, I'm if I'm going as a spectator, is yeah. there like a time frame? Like, hey, twenty four hours, yeah. you can go as a spectator for a day, or hey, bang, you're you know twenty three years old mm-hmm. and you're living in the dawn ages. I don't know if I want to live there because I yeah I suck. That's like, that my answer period. varies. You know, maybe spectate, like kind of mm-hmm. be like a ghost and just yeah. see what's going on. But I would love to be able to shake their hands and talk right. to people. Yeah. You know, so maybe if I'm going to be there, maybe I'm, I'm 23 year old, 23 years old and 1776, 1775, you know, for a day. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Ah, I know what I'm doing now. I got yeah, it. Yeah, I was about to say, this changes I got everything. It. I yeah. got it. Yeah. So uh, on episode 10 with Tori, our flight attendant, we talked about the case, D.B. Cooper case. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be on that jet. I'm Dude. gonna I'm gonna know who DB Cooper is. Dude, that's a good one. Yeah, and, and follow him maybe. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm figure that it out. Ooh, I'm gonna figure I like the that one. Out. I like that one. Hey, Coop's got the scoop always, right? I mean, come <laughs> on. I'm just saying, never found him. Never found him. <laughs> the Coop. He's my uncle for sure. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. No, if I could, if I could go back and spectate something, I'm a. Big, obviously, it was terrible, the World War II, but I love history. And so if I could go and, like, just see some of the things that our country fought for, like with what you were saying, uh-huh. whether it's, you know, D-Day or just go see some of that war over there or, you know, experience the whole Pearl Harbor experience or whatever. Like, as awful as that is, it was a turning point in our nation history, that, yeah. that, you know, we got up, like you were saying, when the Revolutionary War, we got up and fought back. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with... Pearl Harbor, whenever we got slapped in the face by the Japanese, it was like, are you kidding me? You're really going to mess with us? Yep. And then, you know, there's, there's, there's a thing with Americans. They just don't like being told what the hell to do. Yeah. <laughs> we just don't like being told what the hell to do. You know, uh, British colony telling us what to do. Japanese coming, bombing us, you know, you know yeah. oh, we got you. 
the hell you did, Bubba. You just woke a giant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, You're screwed. You know, not only are we going to kick your ass on your side of the world, I'm going to need a couple people go over on the other side of the world and beat this idiot with a stupid mustache. And we're going to take him down as well at the same time. And then Al-Qaeda. You come uh, fly planes into yes, our World Trade Center. Yeah, yeah. And we, you, always, you, we don't like being told what to do, and we will always stand up. And we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, show, you, back. we'll show you who daddy is. Yeah. We'll show you. song. Who's your daddy? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're, uh, we're a little bit over our you know hour limit here. But Are I we really? It. Yeah, yeah. It's gone by so quick. Yeah. Um, so we got one more snap question for okay. you. That's kind of you know another marquee question we want to wrap up the episode with. You know, 100 grand. Is not a lot of money nowadays, but it's enough money to either, you know, jumpstart whatever your entrepreneurial goals are or, you know, pay off some loans, some student debt. If we gave you a hundred grand, the rule one foundation, <laughs> what would you do with it? Give me a hundred grand. I would pay off my debts. That's the first thing I do. Because if I pay off my debts and then when I get a commission and if I get a paycheck, I don't owe anyone anything. Yeah. Uh, so it's more money going to my bank account, right? So I pay off my debts. I think I would, I know some people, you know, obviously I would invest. I would obviously would invest. Maybe get open up a Roth, throw in my Roth IRA, throw it in a stock mutual fund. Um, you know, uh, luckily I have some good connections, uh, financial advisors that would help me out with all that. So they would be able to help me out for sure. Um but I think I definitely would buy a new set of golf clubs. 100%. No fans are about it. I mean, I'd go to PJ Tour Superstore and be like, hey, this is, this is my first buy. I'm going to buy some golf clubs. And after that, that's my first thing, paying off my debts. And then I'll still have some money left over to be able to invest. He's that's our, awesome. He's our first person that's ever yeah. been like, you know, I'm going to spend some money on me. Yeah. yeah. It's I like, was, treat yourself. It's not that much. It'd probably be, honestly, I think out of the $100,000, it'd be between $1,200 and $1,500. Bucks. Yeah. yeah. I got my new clubs. I'm good to go. Yeah, it's 100000 Tax-free. I'm getting 100000 yeah, tax-free. Yeah. Okay. Here's your briefcase. Here's sure. Your, yeah. Thank you, sir. Cash, I'll take it, you know. And then after that, you know, invest it and then obviously pay off my debts. That'd be the, uh, my, uh, Probably my three things I do. I love that. That's a um, hell of yeah, a strategy. Absolutely. It kind of refers to uh, whenever Riley was talking about yeah. his, uh, what was it, 630 10? Yep. It was yep, 60%. Yep, yep. Um, he it saves or invests. No, 60 went to like bills and stuff. I think mm. 30 went to, uh, you know, save and invest, and 10 was like his fun. Like, yeah, his fun money. But yeah, well, that's another episode, bud. Yeah, man. Jacob, thanks. Awesome. Gentlemen. Been yes. a pleasure. Thank you yes. for having me on. Yeah. Awesome. You, are you guys are great. One colorful character. Um, <laughs> you, you guys give have been us awesome. A peek inside of a very, very exclusive world. Um, not a lot of people are in the jet industry, pal. Yeah, it's different. And um, I knew right off the top of the like right off the top, like I knew we gotta have one. <laughs> well, gotta, yeah, I, I pre appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, it's been great. And I said I got to come here in person. You know, I got to see you guys in person, catch mm -hmm. up with you guys. So it's been great. These guys are legit. This is gonna take off. You know, come on now, <laughs> come <Rule> on podcast <laughs> to the moon. Yeah, um, one cool thing that we do uh, at the end of every episode is we'll follow our guests back on Instagram. So if y'all want to go check out Jake's uh, Instagram page and get to know a little bit more about him, um, we'll be following him back. And that is Rule, the number one podcast. We're on Instagram, yep. Twitter, everything else. Absolutely. So. And I just like to say, who the hell's Jake? Coop. Who's Jake? These guys have never called me Jake before. I try to keep the nicknames yeah. out of it whenever I'm referring to people. No, I, you I, throw three nicknames in there and people are like, who is he talking yeah, about? Yeah. Who's, I, um, who's Jake? Who's I, Jacob? Yeah, my clients you know, do Jacob usually. Yeah. Sometimes I'll, I'll, you know, when they get to know me, do Cooper Cooper. But yeah, yeah. I understand. But appreciate you guys. Well, everybody, it's another great week. Another great episode of the Rule One Podcast. We'll be back next week. Thank you, Mr. Jake. Coop, Jack, whatever, Cooper. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll be back, guys. Yeah, thank y'all for listening.